0: Is the unconventional education show what is going on guys welcome to another episode of the unconventional education show where we talk entrepreneurship we talk mindset and we talk life experiences to help you level up and become the best version of yourself Awesome, guys. Well, today's episode, we have a special guest on who is an absolute legend when it comes to marketing and branding. And this dude, had, he's the founder of the Marketing Hunters. They're growing a huge business, huge brand. He's got a sick podcast called In for the Kill. He's the host of it. We were actually, we just chopped it up the other day on that podcast. I think he okay. just released it. He's been featured in Business Insider, Yahoo Finance, USA Today. He's been in sales and marketing for almost 10 years now. And an interesting fact for everyone, you're, you're a certified (laughs) chef, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's another story right there. (laughs) I know.
0: Maybe we can get into that because I used to chop it up in the kitchen, man. That was like one of my first jobs was working behind the grill in the kitchen. I'm sure you did it on a whole different level than I did, but it's still a interesting grind there.
1: Yeah, no, it's, um, I, I learned, uh that it's pretty much anybody who starts their first career, you know, you think you want to go into something cause you like a, a different part of that thing. And for me it was like, Oh, I want to be a chef. But the reality was I like to cook. Uh, I mean, uh, I like food. Nah, I like to <laughs> cook. You know, that, that's all it was. So I, I, and nothing bad against it. Like I ate a lot of good food as a chef, you know what I mean? Um, I had a lot of prime rib. I had a lot of like fillets and stuff like that. But um, at the end of the day, it just wasn't for me the, the, um, the hours and the the holidays and all that stuff that you got to work, you know? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's most people don't take that into consideration. They just see like, oh, it's an art and it, there's a passion towards it. But um, Valentine's Day, you don't get that off. You don't get <laughs> Christmas. You, you know, like a lot of that stuff comes into play.
0: Yeah, man, it's brutal. And it's it's tiring, too. Like, you're behind the grill. I remember being in the kitchen. There'd be like 100-degree days and you're just back there sweating and you really don't make a lot of money doing it either. Yeah. But It's interesting. Maybe we'll chop it up a little on that path, but guys, so we have Ruben Alvarez with us today and Ruben, I want you to kind of share a little bit about your background. So we know you're a chef now, but like what got you into and into marketing and branding and what made you decide that this is where you want to pursue a business?
1: Yeah, it, it all came by, by random chance, but not really. Right. Like, um, I went from chef to my first instinct was go from chef to office job right? Mm-hmm. Because if there's something that we've learned, it's like you can make the same amount of money um, doing what other people do like in construction or blue collar work. But if you sit down doing it, it's easier on you. And you make the same amount of money, right? So that was just my like initial thing. Um, so I got a, I got an office job at this manufacturing company. And uh, the story there was that there was nobody there because I went at like four and everybody was off already. And um, the guy tells me, Oh, you know, we have like, 50, 60 people working here. And there's like three people there. So I think it's like a scam or something like that. I think the guy's going to like try to kill me. If I go back to work there, he keeps calling me and I have this other job. And finally I take the job and it's for a uh, customer service or customer support, technical support, whatever. Uh, after like, three months of doing that, I have always been good at communications more than anything. So I, I spoke the engineer's language pretty good. And I spoke the people's on the, on the phone, you know, the customers, I spoke their language really well. So I was able to communicate with them. And after three months they needed a salesperson cause the sales manager was gone. The owner of the company couldn't get along with salespeople at all. He just chewed them up and then they like butt heads and they would leave. Right? So they're like, do you want to go into sales? And I was like, yeah. They're like, do you want to make, you know, $3 more an hour? I was like, hell yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, so I, I did, I barely even knew the product. That was, that was the other part. That was kind of funny is I barely even knew the product and, uh, you want to go to sales? Absolutely. The money, the travel, you know, it sounds like really, really good, uh, position. And, uh, one conversation with the owner, that I had with him, he comes back to me the next day and goes, do you want to be also like, I need like a personal assistant type of thing. Some people that just, you know, knows how to get stuff done for me. And I was like, sure. And, and he's like, I'll pay you an extra $2 an hour. I was like for sure. You know? Um, so that's kind of how I started like my sales path. Right. And I stayed in that company, uh, for eight years, um, uh, until last year when it was sold to a big uh, Italian conglomerate, right? We were a small business. But in that time, um, we went through another three sales managers in, in seven years, and eventually I became the sales manager. Um, and what I what I just learned from that is like you take a lot of um, you take a lot of abuse at these jobs, right? To get what you want, and a lot of the times, uh, it doesn't even pay off because it's going to be sold and it's going to be towards the benefit of the owner. And you have these big ideas and dreams of oh I'm going to be I'm going to be a partner or I'm going to get a raise, you know, for a lot of people, Oh, I'm, I'm going to go and be that, that person's manager, dude, it gets taken away from you in a minute, you mm-hmm. know, and you you have all these dreams and aspirations. And that's why like, sometimes it's not really the best thing to have everything tied up in one job and right. to like really have your own thing. Right. Like, I'm not saying like, go and start a business, but like, do you have a second source of income is more than what I'm saying? Like, don't, don't put like all your faith into one person who's controlling your life. Cause it's not up to them. It's up to you.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that, man. And it's so funny what you were talking about in the beginning. Like, have you read the book Linchpin by Seth Godin ever?
1: I, I might have. I'm not sure. I, I, so this year I've gone through like 20 to 22. And then last year I only went through like eight, but the year before that I went through like 52. So wow. I, I might have, I might have it in my library, but I speed read them. So I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe.
0: Yeah. Well, he's talking about like, and and basically all the stuff you're talking about and as entrepreneurs, we all align with how, the white collar worker is still a factory worker. There's still a cog in the system, mm-hmm. right? And they're replaceable and linchpin is all about becoming indispensable and focusing on the art and focusing on mm-hmm. bringing that emotional element to the table that a robot can never reproduce. But it's just so funny, man, how we all kind of as entrepreneurs just understand that fact. We're like people think that they get a job at some corporation and they're making this great salary. But at the end of the day, almost all of them are interchangeable and easily replaceable. Like if you died mm-hmm. within a week, like people are killing themselves over a job within a week yeah. or two, they could get replaced by It's just nuts, man.
1: That's but, insane. Yeah.
0: Um, I can only, so going from there, so you, you had this sales position, right? And you worked your way up and got these big dreams of pretty much becoming a partner and stuff like that. So they sold to this conglomerate and where did that leave you? That left me in the, best position ever. Right. The part
1: where everybody's like, um, you, you said this is uh, uncensored, unfiltered, right? Like I can, mm. I can, okay. Yeah. yeah that, that's, the, Yeah. That's the position where people just go fuck. Like, <laughs> you know, like that's really like all in your head. Um, cause my, my manager, this is where I realized like, it's not up to other people to control your life for you. That's up to you. Right. Mm-hmm. My manager has to tell me my new manager, everything's fine. Nothing's going to change. That's his role. Right that's a lie. And he knows it. And I know it. But I can't be mad at him. Because it's a job. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, like that, there's no human emotion. If he tells me, hey, we're going to do this, and I freak out, he's risk of losing his job, because he brought fear into me. And we like the company goes under, you know what I mean, type of thing. So in these months that came up, I'm just being told, like, nothing's going to change. Everything's fine. You know, blah, blah, blah. I'm living in California the, there's another rep there i'm like dude, let's be real right now if there's a sale a national sales manager they're not going to keep me as a sales manager as well so there's mm-hmm. my position like we i knew that everybody knew that so i'm like okay what's the second thing they're going to make me into a territory sales manager well guess what the company already has a, a territory sales manager where i live so i'm not going to get that so that means that i'm going to be traveling to another territory living in California which means more travel for me So I'm just going through like all the motions in my head. I'm like, dude, what the hell am I going to do at this point? You know, and for like two or three months, I just didn't know. And I started, dude, I started like two or three different side hustles. It might've been even four, but all the ones I remember, I was flipping furniture and I was flipping shoes and I love flipping shoes because I love shoes. I love buying shoes. You know what I mean? So that one, that one was fun um, because I could go to the stores and I knew when they were stocking, like I knew all the people, I knew everything like about like when and where and how was I knew the apps like Craigslist, like people weren't going to answer. And it was like a long-term, you know, offer up, you get better, but like, you're going to have to haggle a little bit and then let go. Like if you're trying to sell dirt cheap, like that's it, you know, they're going to cut you by like $5 every time, no matter even if you're at the lowest already. So, um, but that's, that's pretty much where it left me. Um, it left me just kind of in that limbo state. And, um, what I remember is that when I, when I was trying to get through the ranks of that other job, but you know, the the same job, but with, with the, be the small business that we were, um, I didn't really start moving forward until I put my own efforts. Like I, that's, that's the year that I read like all those books, which might've been like three or four years ago, actually. Um, I read 52 books in one year and that's when, I was like just a massive amount of like insight, sales, growth, like everything. So that that's when I started to buckle down again. And I was like, dude, that process worked. All I got to do is find the information again. I don't need to go to college. I don't need to, you know, like all these things. I just need to find out the information. And then that's pretty much what started the, the next uh, growth phase for me.
0: That's awesome, man. It's so funny. I feel like we, as entrepreneurs, we always go back to there's a flipping stage at one point or another. Like everyone flips something. We had the, I mean, there's people who flip drugs that turn into entrepreneurs. One of my favorite entrepreneurs, Gerard Adams, you know, that's how, that was like his first taste of entrepreneurship. And I mean, we we traded sports jerseys. The shoe thing's huge. There's kids making millions of dollars flipping shoes right now. It's insane.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it the thing is that most people think like, I'm not going to go and spend all this time to make $15 on a shoe on a pair of shoes. Right. Mm-hmm. But I always thought it was hilarious. Cause like I, my, my wife thinks this way too. <laughs> I gotta keep that, you know, <laughs> but um, no, I, I have a ton of people who think this way and they go, um, Oh, let, let's start a business. And how much am I going to get, be getting paid per hour? And I'm like, okay, well, look, you're working your nine to five, right? So the time that you're going to be doing the business is like from four to 10 or well, depending on how crazy you are, four to midnight, you're even later, right? Um, what time are, what amount of money are you getting paid from four to 12? If you don't have a business, you're getting paid zero. Mm-hmm. So Why the fuck do you get like, you're, you're expecting to get paid per hour. Like, are you joking right now? You're, get like your expectation should be to get paid. Anything that you make from four to 10 or four to 12 is extra. There is no per hour. Like if you're able to make $200 extra per week in in one week, right. Of grinding that's 800 a month. That's 800. You didn't have, there is no per hour. It's $800. That's what it is.
0: Yeah. And business in general, isn't a per hour thing. Like, and, and that's because through the school system, just the way we're raised, we're, tri- we're we're taught that instant gratification and you work X amount of hours, you get X amount of dollars. And that's the biggest thing I face, especially with my network marketing business is people putting that aside. I mean, there'll be times where you can make a thousand dollars in a day, right. Or more, yeah. whatever it is. Um, and then days you make $0. Right. And, and that's just the game of entrepreneurship, but it's not about like people are just so trained to doing something and getting something immediately in return. And, it's, it's a huge mindset shift. That's why I'm so into that stuff is just because fundamentally it's how we think. And I'm sure reading those 52 books just changed everything for you in the way you thought. Right. Yeah,
1: no, I mean, one of the, um, I, I, I feel like whenever you start a book, you really have to know intention, you know, like this year, um, with like COVID going on and everything, my biggest fear was like, is marketing working? Is marketing dead? Am I being as efficient as I can be in marketing? So, the last six books I've bought have been all marketing, all on building tribes, all on um, like things that go viral and copyright, right? Mm -hmm. So, right now, I feel really good about marketing. Like, I feel really, really good. My emails went from 20% open rates to
0: like over 60 to 70 on each email. Wow. That's huge, man. That's huge. Let's let's get into the marketing aspect of things, man. So you started up the marketing hunters. Like, mm-hmm. where? What did it look like when you were starting that up? Like, What was your vision and where has that gotten to you to now? And I know, like you just said, with COVID, uh, we had these doubts, but entrepreneurship is where it's at right now. And I really can't be convinced otherwise.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, the The marketing started as an idea that there are 40 to 80 year old people out there who have no idea what they're doing with marketing and are getting screwed over by people that don't know how to do marketing either. Um, the business that I was in before or that, you know, I'm still in is, is a business to business, right? Mm -hmm. So we do a lot of like corporate money, talk vertical markets and like, you know, KPIs and year over year growth and you know, just like business oriented talk, right? Like really, really business oriented. So, I, I realize a lot of these uh you know Gary Vee type of uh startups are like, you know, start a social media company and charge them five hundred to a thousand dollars a month and blah, 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 right? And what I noticed is a lot of these people have no business uh, business etiquette, right? So where when something goes wrong or you call them, they're not answering within the first five minutes to an hour. Where me, I when I first started, I didn't I didn't realize it. Like I kind of knew it, but I didn't realize it the reason that I'm able to charge the prices and then nobody leaves me is because when you call, I answer
0: mm-hmm.
1: because that, that's regular business etiquette. Right. You know what I mean? You send me an email, blah, blah, blah. Like, Oh, you send me an email on Saturday. I answered on Saturday and say, Hey, cool. Like on Monday, this will be done. Other people won't. Cause I'm, I'm in, uh, you know, sales and, and marketing, the, the advertising side. I'm the ideas behind it. My wife's a graphic designer. Um, We got her out of her job and put her into this company full time, which is like, you know, a blessing on its own. But our idea was just like, let's, let's get uh, people up and running with marketing, right? Uh, We Mm. weren't even thinking about branding, really. We we weren't thinking about it. Um, I was thinking my wife's like a great, fantastic graphic designer, best one that I know, like honestly, hands down, best one that I know. And, uh, trust me, she was here. Like I, I would say the same, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not one of those things where like, and I, like, I have to explain this to everybody. It's not like, if she was horrible, I would tell her you're doing a shitty job. Like I, yeah. I, I just can't, you know, but she's really good. And that's why like our, our business eventually trend, uh, transition into branding is because I was able to see people's visions. I was able to hear them talk with the communication aspect, see what they were saying, saying like, Oh, this, this is our brand and this, and then I'm like, okay, well, sounds to me like you're saying this is your brand and your product, but you actually want to be seen this way. And they go, yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. Then I go back to her work up everything, put it back. Now people see you as what you wanted to be seen. And a lot of the times people think like, well, yeah, that's what a branding person does. No, no, no. Branding person will come in and say, what is your brand? And then put all the colors and schemes and everything together. What I do is I create your vision for you better than you thought you even wanted it.
0: Man, I love that. That's, that's huge. And I will say firsthand, like, just from my experience with you so far, since we connected, like, you have brought so much value to the table, and you do genuinely care, right? Like, we talked last week about my course and the launch and everything. And just from you helping me, man, like just letting me pick your brain, you kind of made me rethink the whole thing, because you you pointed out some things that me is not a professional marketer, right? Didn't think about like I had these ideas but you're able to be like, "Hey, I don't think that you actually want to do that and you should consider this." And another thing you said and I think is so damn important that people don't get is cuz people go into business for profit. They go in to make yeah. money. And like you just said about other um marketers, right? They're just trying to sell you that $1,000 a month package or $2,000 a month package and make their money have it flow in, do their work once, but the people who go above and beyond like you being able to answer at any time or like help them reconstruct their vision those are the people that people are going to do business with for the long term because you genuinely care and you're invested in them and you're not just looking to profit
1: yeah i have i i was built into me um by my old boss cuz he was very very critical right like he was that old school boss mentality that said good job money bad job yell at you like that was that was it black and white very old school 70s style mindset right Um it was instilled into me that everything was my fault type of thing and to take ownership of it because ultimately like a lot of the conversations went like this. He's yelling, I'm like, and then he goes, Why are you going? And I'm like, what do you want me to say? Like, like what do you yeah, it's my fault. Let's move on. Like, like, dude, this is fucking stupid. You know what I mean? And and he would be like, then why blah blah blah? And I'm like, dude, that look, fire me or let's move on. Like I can't, like, what do you and it would be 40 minutes like like Day over day, you know what I mean? So I just got to the point where it's like it doesn't, it doesn't really matter like what you're doing as long as like you take ownership of it, right? So it's like if if your brand sucks and we're working month over month, I'm gonna like I've told some of my people, do you wanna continue? Like right while while other people would just take the money and stuff. I'm like, maybe I'm not the right option for you. Like, like you need to consider that, right? Because I'm tired of feeling horrible month over month over your brand not doing well, and at the same time maybe you and me don't work well together like that's just what it is and then people go like well let's give it another month <laughs> right but it that's that's the missing factor of business is like are you a business professional more than anything right and do you take it serious and that's where like i think that branding has had uh, like such a hard problem is because people want to just do the job they want to just do the job of branding you but they don't see beyond that they don't see beyond like the vision of like oh man that I created that brand that dude he was here he wanted to be here you know what I mean like and and that that's partly me like, like I don't I don't care if like they ever say it's me or not but I'm like yeah dude like that that was a pretty big shift like look at what I'm able to do internally that's everything
0: mm-hmm. 100% man yeah 100% <laughs> right, you're familiar with Andy Frisella and mm-hmm. you listen to his podcast at all well I joined the Arte Syndicate and they had a call yesterday that Andy led and he was talking about how his first 10 years with Supplement Superstore, they were just so focused on becoming tycoon entrepreneurs, making as much money as possible and just selling, right? And that's Mm -hmm. what their focus was. And I think in that 10 years, he said they didn't make over $60,000 total, like that they kept him and his partner. And he said it. in the 10th year, he was about to quit and he realized people like he was going to go become like a a plumber or some shit like that. And they were, they were kind of like weighing the pros and cons and what, if they walked away from the business, what they're getting from it, they wouldn't be able to get anywhere else. And he was talking about how a customer would walk in, get their products and six months later, come back and lose a hundred pounds and they'd be like hugging them and so grateful and so thankful. And they made this mentality switch. They're like, you know what? Maybe we're not going to become these tycoon entrepreneurs and make all this money. But we're not going to be able to get this feeling elsewhere of helping someone on that level and being able to serve someone and bring them that much value. So you know what? We might not make that much money, but if we just focus on serving people, giving them the best experience, going above and beyond, then you know, it will be fulfilled. And they started focusing on that, which resulted in their first year of just instilling those core values in their company, amongst other things, 100% growth. And then it started year after year after year, and they started to blow up because they took this shift off sell, sell, sell and profit, profit, profit Mm -hmm. to bring value and and go above and beyond for your customer. So I love that, man. I love that.
1: There's, there's two things uh, from what you said. So one, I I noticed this pattern now that, I mean, I've, I've been noticing, but uh, the people that I always remember is like uh, in Grant Cardone, one of his videos, he goes, it's going to take you 10 years, 10 years to blah, blah, blah. Are you willing to do it? Um, Lewis Howes, whenever I uh, message him on, on Instagram, Um, he always responds, even if it's short, but he always responds, right? And I so I I ask him all this other stuff. And then finally, I get to this and I'm just like, dude, how long did it take you from when you started to where you're at now? Like, like what you're living now? How long did it take? And he said 10 years. And there's this weird 10 year rule where we think like five years is going to go by, or even a year, you know, maybe a few months. And it's like, dude, every single person who you ask is guaranteed to say over 10 years or at least 10 years mm-hmm. and that that's insane that like the gratification that we think like especially with with marketing and branding um oh you're, the the marketing outreach you did for this month or these first three months didn't do anything sure you know what i mean right go go away go 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 to somebody who's going to charge you a thousand bucks and listens to ty lopez like go for it you know what i mean <laughs> I'm, I'm good um and uh the second thing is that um uh, with uh with the uh, uh, oh man i lost my train of thought with that one I'm sorry cuz no, I, I was thinking yeah of the of the 10 year shift um oh yeah yeah so when it comes to like uh customers and stuff and and how you want to do more sales and stuff um i was the same way when i first started i was like thinking of listeners and all this stuff and right now my podcast um it's a i think we're about to cross like 5000 listeners in one year right And most people, most people are like, yeah, you know, that's not that great. And like people inflate their numbers and stuff like that. But when I look at it this month, we don't, we don't advertise to a lot of places like, you know, India and England and all this stuff. (laughs) And this month I, seven of my listeners this month so far are from Australia, right? I have one in the Netherlands. I have one in India. I think I have like one in Japan and I'm like, where the fuck are these people coming? Like legitimately, where are these people? How are they finding out about this thing? right? Like, and we have 33 countries so far. Um, and it's insane. Like I legitimately don't know anybody in, uh, England. Mm -hmm. I just don't, you know what I mean? (laughs) I, I I don't know anybody in, uh, what's, what's one of the weird ones, uh, like Slovakia. Right. No idea. So it's like, who the hell is listening from Slovakia? Right. But (laughs) it's, it's just weird. Like once I started focusing on that, right? Like, like what are the things that you're actually impacting? Right. Um, the, it was the same for Annie Frazella, you know what I mean? Like sales, 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 but instead it switched to this person got help. And then so did this person, and then so did this person. And when you start focusing on a core amount of people rather than on everybody, that's when you really start to blow up. And I think that everybody wants to say like, I want to sell, you know, a hundred of this product that I'm about to launch. And it's like, dude, can you sell two? Like, mm-hmm. honestly, can you sell two and mm-hmm. And you're thinking like a hundred and you're thinking a ton of money like for for this and that, and if people buy, I'm gonna buy this, and it's like, dude, start with the core. Can you sell two? And if mm-hmm. you can't even sell two, like there's something going on there,
0: yeah, absolutely. Everything you said is so powerful and a huge, huge shift, and I actually just did an episode with my mom. I released it um today. I don't know when I'm gonna post this one yet, but we were talking about our book, and like it's like people think they're going to create a product and then it's just going to sell just because they've created an awesome product and the biggest thing i've learned and what i've noticed is like a yes it's about the value you need to be bringing value i don't think people fully understand what that means though like doing things like having a podcast and sharing your expertise and your listeners expanding like i'm three months in and it's the same thing i i couldn't resonate more with what you just said because i'm looking And we're at like 20 countries. And I'm like, how the hell did this happen, man? And there's just listeners and people hitting me up and saying like, they're so grateful for the value you're bringing. So I think entrepreneurs need to take a step back no matter what your business is. And are people like hitting you up and thanking you for what you're putting out for free, right? And are you digging that well and building that base before you're trying to just monetize? Because that 10 years you said is so true. And I'm eight years in on this journey, um, consistent with my current network marketing business. I've been apart for over eight years, probably consistent for three now. But what I've noticed is like, I, I think my results are great, but you still feel like you, you compare yourself to these guys like Ed Milet and Andy Frisella, you see where they're at now, but you don't take a moment to realize like, yeah, 10 years, dude, I don't, if I went 10 years and only made 60 grand in that time, I can't say that I would've stuck that out. That's, some serious shit, man. And yeah. you got to really put into perspective what these guys are doing and how much value they're pouring out there before this money starts flowing in.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you, it, like right now you, you have your, uh, normal job, right? Like, well, no, I wouldn't say normal cause it's not, but your normal job, right? And then you have the podcast. And the thing is that if you have money coming in on this one and you're trying to monetize this one at all costs, that's called greed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that, that's called greed. That's saying like, I have a source and I have enough, but I want more, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the problem that most people face is like, you're, you're trying so hard when you push people know you push. There's that, there's that energy, right? You know what I mean? And when you have that energy, people just go away from you. Like, I I don't want to, I let people try to sell me like one or two times after I say no. And then after that, I just shut down. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I'm just like, you know, I, I don't want to really even have a conversation with you or I don't want to try to engage with you again because I know you're going to try to sell. me.
0: Right. That's so important, man. It's so important. And like, like, like what you just said, people, it, it's so funny with the podcast. I'm sure you've gotten this before. Um, friends who aren't really entrepreneurs have been like, oh, I saw you started a podcast. So what's your plan to make money with that? Are you running <laughs> yeah, ads? Always, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm like, <laughs> always. I'm not going to run a single fucking ad because when I listen to podcasts and ads pop up, I don't listen to them again and just random shit. And like, what do you, I I saw one ad offer. I do it through anchor and it was like 15 bucks per thousand plays or something like that. I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know how much you're shooting yourself in the foot by selling yourself out for $15 for a thousand plays when you can just use it as a platform to bring value. And like, just genuinely make a change in people's lives it comes back tenfold a hundredfold a thousandfold in the long run when you focus on the value now it's just it's crazy how short-sighted and greedy people are it's, it's greed is really the best yeah. way to put it like you said
1: well it has to it has to resonate with you right like i got a—I got a. what was it uh I think it was three grand or something that somebody offered me 3000 to advertise in the middle of my podcast, right? Like every episode in the middle, but it was a medical, uh, not, not marijuana, the CBD oil, Mm -hmm. right? I'm like, I I don't talk anything about CBD. Like that's the biggest thing contrary to me. You know what I mean? But if, um, like let's say you with your book or somebody else came with their book and they're like, Hey, would you want to advertise my book? on helping people. I'm like, yeah, I can build a story there. You know what I mean? In the middle of my episode, Hey guys, check out this book. If you're looking for like to, how to learn, how to grow, blah, 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 blah. Like this is the place to do it. Thank you. Blah, blah, blah. You know, sponsoring the episode, go and check out his book. blah. blah. Like that's mm-hmm. easy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That makes sense. But a lot of the times it's just like, Oh, how are you going to monetize it? Oh, well I'm going to throw in ads and I'm going to get people, you know, and I'm going to make commercials for them and blah, 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 And it's like, it has nothing to do with your company and people are just right there. You're going to lose them for a couple bucks.
0: Yeah, just not worth it. You, you got to keep that long term and, and those long sites. So, couldn't yeah. agree more with you. And, and when things are in alignment, I'm always down to, even well, a lot of times for free, I'll put up like on my stories on Instagram and stuff. If there's someone I align with and they're doing something that makes sense to what I do, I'm down to throw it out there. But yeah, just running random ads, man, I'm just <laughs> like, that's a, just, a, it shows the difference between an employee and entrepreneur mindset. It's just as simple as that. But let, let's, um, get into, I mean, all this stuff relates to personal branding for sure. These are all core values, but like so many people, and I, I think a lot of people that listen to this show are network marketers They want to be entrepreneurs, they're in entrepreneurship. And what I've realized, like I was talking about before, putting that value out there through your podcast, building your page, YouTube channel, whatever your platform is, is so valuable. And so like what, when people, I don't know if you really work with a lot of people who are just starting off, but like someone taking off a personal brand, like, what do you suggest they focus on? So
1: one of the first articles I wrote, um, I believe this year was on a personal brand or an Instagram brand or something like that. And, um, if you're looking to start your own brand, there's like three important things that you want to look for. Um, but first thing is always going to be just that vision. Like I said, like, what do you want to be perceived as? Like if you don't, if you don't start with that, like it's really hard to build something, you know what I mean? Because a lot of people will say like, oh, I, well, I want, I want, um, you know, to be an entrepreneur. And then everything that they, and yeah, I'm sure you've seen this, mm-hmm. everything that they post on their page is other people's quotes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, what is your brand? And it's like, oh, well, I want to motivate people and it's like, no, Gary Vee's motivating people. You know what I mean? Like that quote is from him that you're not doing anything for yourself. Oh, but look at my metrics. And you know, like I got, you know, 20 people to reshare this. You got 20 people to reshare Gary Vee's quote. Like nobody clicked on your thing and thought, Oh wow. They, no, they just went straight to Gary Vee after they came to yours. You know what I mean? Like that, that's all it is. So you, you don't have a vision. You, you can't create anything. Like, do you want to be seen as a business professional? Like wear more suits and take pictures of you in suits. Like, do you want to be a YouTuber? Make more YouTube videos. Do you want to be seen as funny? Be funny in the videos. Like, that's, that's what you're going to be. They, they call it in marketing. They call it linking. Like what do you want to be linked to?
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Oh, uh, Ruben is a business professional who wears suits. Every time I see a suit, I kind of think of him because he's everywhere. You know what I mean? That's the vision. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, you want to hire a professional, like you need a professional. Like you, you can't, you can't, well, unless like you're, but I'd say unless you're a photographer, or videographer, right? Like you can do your own stuff. But if you want to be seen in a certain light, right? Um, And let's say you have no idea how to use Instagram or you have no idea how to take a good picture. Like your photographer should be good enough that you tell him the vision and he delivers pictures that give you that. But you should also be good enough to know what your vision is to tell him what kind of pictures to take. And if he's not redirect them. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then the third thing is you got to play the part. Like you have the vision, right? Then you have the professional, now you have the pictures, you have everything lined up, you have the brand, you never post, you're an idiot. <laughs> right? Oh, I post once a week. Cool. Like let's say that that oh because you know if I post less times more people like my pictures. They may, more people may like your pictures, less people are seeing you week over week. Mm. They're rem- they're remembering you once every 7 days. That does you no good. Right? Mm. Like Like I, I, me and you have this conversation right now after this conversation is done, I'm going to forget about 90% of what I just said, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, like, I'm going to be like, what did I talk about? Oh yeah. I said these two really good things and I'm going to be pumped up about it. I forget everything else. So people are going to remember you, but they're going to forget about you more than anything. So you thinking like, okay, well, I'm only going to post every so often. That's, that's a bad idea. So most people are going to take this and they're gonna be like, Oh, I should just start posting more. And it's cool. That's, that's one step. You're missing the other two.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, you, you really, really serious about a personal brand. You really want more people to be interested in you and your brand. Take it serious. Like take, and, and you got to make it look, if it doesn't look serious to you or you're embarrassed to post something, that means you gotta, you gotta change it.
0: That's great advice, man. So for Instagram, especially cause I feel like that's where most people are at right now, our age building a, a brand. I've heard so many different, suggestions for how much you should be posting like on your feed and on your story. Do you have like numbers or guidelines that you share with people that they should follow? Like how many times per week on their story on their um, feed? Uh, Minimum five days.
1: Minimum five days a week and your story should be every day. Uh, don't bombard people with dumb shit. You know what I mean? On your stories. Cause like, I don't know if you noticed, but like you'll start off at a hundred with your first story and then by the last one you're at like 60 or something like that, Mm. just to make easy numbers, you know? But, uh, the reason is because people lose interest. So if your stories aren't interesting, they, they just start dropping off. Um, what people end up doing is they, they start, you know, like a little, Hey guys, my name's Ruben, blah, blah, blah. And this thing literally goes on for like three minutes. I'm like,
0: cute. I I don't
1: care. So, um, be relevant. Uh, stories are meant to be short. They're meant to be interesting. Um, on your feed, you can post on Saturdays and Sundays, but the way that I see it is like, it keeps your algorithm going if you post on Saturdays and Sundays, but people really don't care on Saturdays or Sundays. Mm. That's the thing is like, I'm, if I do, I'm going to give you a, like, I'm not going to engage with it. You know what I mean? I'm really not going to look at it. It's not really even in my head. Um, I got stuff to do. You know, so Monday through Fridays, um, I like posting. There's there's two optimal times I kinda noticed. Um, and it just depends on your on your uh, audience. I like posting during work hours because I know people are bored as hell, especially mm-hmm. if they're young. Um, and then I like posting after work hours, so like six o'clock, seven, because that's usually when people are actually winding down. People are like, no, no, right after work because people are getting off and they want to blah blah blah. They're driving home, they're
0: decompressing, they're eating, they're doing a lot of other stuff. So usually in the
1: afternoon to like late night time.
0: Love that. Yeah. And it's so I think what happens with people is they get so discouraged by they're, immediate friends. Like when you start and we we had this conversation, you said like right now where you're at, like you, you started and like, didn't have any real entrepreneurial connections. Right. And like you built them as you built your business, like all, and what happens is when you start something and we say this all the time, I feel like the first thing you lose as an entrepreneur is social esteem from, People who are ignorant to it, like they know you mm-hmm. as a certain way, they know you as a guy doing keg stands at the party or getting fucked up every weekend or just being a jackass all the time. Now all of a sudden you have these big goals and you're posting like inspirational shit and you're putting out things that are in alignment with who you want to become. Um, yeah, I think yeah. people have the hardest time getting over that hump, and I, I guess it really comes down to what I think is like how badly do you want it and um, are. I, and for me it's like it's like the fear of rejection of other people's opinions I, i'm so overt at this point but it just stalls people and like they get less engagement and then they just fall off completely and then i don't know do you have any advice for people that are just getting started like that like how to get it going and keep it going
1: yeah um keep going right yeah. that's the easiest yeah. one keep going um it's about consistent gradual improvement like Uh, the one thing that you can do that's the biggest mistake is don't go out as you are and buy a Lamborghini and I know most people would it but that's what they want to do they want to go and say like look I've made it and nobody's gonna believe that that's BS you know what I mean and that's the thing is that like if your engagement falls off or whatever that's the normal thing that's gonna happen Because if your engagement went up this way or if you have a bunch of followers overnight, you know, or you have a bunch of people are going to be like, okay, this is all fake. Mm -hmm. And then the people that could have supported you or are supporting you, they're going to leave because they're going to be like, look, this guy, I was supporting him when he was real and now he's fake. And now you have even less of what you had that was less.
0: Mm. 100%. So,
1: So it's like people fall into that trap.
0: Yeah, they definitely do. They definitely do. And I'm looking like I could pull up my Instagram uh, inbox request right now. I probably have 30 people in there trying to grow my social media, right? Like there's so many freaking things out there that are like a a cheat code or like a shortcut. What do you, other than consistently posting, right? And staying consistent and staying in alignment with your brand to get organic growth and like get more attention. What are your go-to's?
1: So be, before I uh, before I answer that one, um, I want I want people to really think about this one, right? Because um, I've had people ask me, like, what do you think about, you know, uh, somebody's offering me 2,000 real people or 10,000 real people, blah, 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 like, you know, and then everybody went, they even, I've seen like messages between other people that are like, oh, are these real, are they bots, right? Everybody take a second to think about this, okay? What person do you know, John? What person do you know? That instantly right now, let's say you were offering your friend 2,000 people, right? Mm -hmm. How would you be able to just get a group and be like, guys, this guy paid. Go and follow him. Mm -hmm. You can't do it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's impossible, especially 10,000 people like Grant Cardone, Gary Vee, Tony Robbins. Those are the guys that could charge five grand and say, I can get you 10,000 real followers, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Everybody else is full of bullshit. Like there is no way for me to say, John, I, give me $500, $500. I'm going to split that $500 between 2000 people and I'm going to get them all to follow you right now.
0: Right. No fucking way. No mm-hmm. way.
1: And and I, and I'm just saying that because I've, I've, it, over this last year I've heard of at least 10 people like losing 1500 bucks or more, um, on like 2000 followers or more. And I'm like, that's, that's stupid for one, because if you really want fake followers, Google it. And they're like a hundred (laughs) bucks for like 2000. Okay. So like, if you're really going to lose money, spend a hundred bucks and, and stop going with these people that are going to charge you 1500 for real. You know what I mean? It's just, it's idiotic. Anyway, that's my two cents on that. For organic, (laughs) for organic, um, Uh, engagement is king, man. Engagement. That's all it is. That's all it is. Like everybody tries to complicate it and stuff, but nobody wants to engage. So my recommendation is get a list of 10 people who post regularly, comment on their shit daily, and then watch them support you because nobody's doing it. Mm. That's the answer. How many people comment on your stuff every single time? Right. Like, Like, like yours, like yours, how many people do you know of that comment every single time you post?
0: There's, there's a good amount. Yeah. Let's say
1: 10, 20, 30, right? Yeah. Do you support them?
0: Of course. Yeah. Do
1: you support the people that don't comment on every single one of your posts?
0: Some, but not consistently, you know,
1: how do you grow your engagement? Yeah, that's a, (laughs) that's a great
0: point, man. That's a great point. And I think, and I've been on top of that. So I read traffic secrets, Russell Brunson's book about the dream 100 Mm-hmm. And this is actually, this is a great story for everyone listening, because like I said, Gerard Adams, one of my favorite entrepreneurs, I put him on my dream 100. I turned his post notifications on. Every time he puts a post up, I read what he says. And I put a meaningful comment, which turned into he invited me to get on a live with him and just pick his brain for um, like 20 minutes. And then afterwards, like, shoot me an email. I want to keep this relationship going all because of that commenting. And like, we feel like these people are untouchable sometimes, right? They're so mm-hmm. big and larger than life, but we have this amazing platform of social media where we can connect with literally anyone, but just shooting a DM and asking for something isn't enough. You have to be engaging and bring value to them and, and to get their attention. And then like get their, get their courses. Like I would love nothing more than being, to be an Ed and Andy circle, right? So I'm yeah. part of their, their mastermind group same with Gerard, I just applied for his mastermind. And like, that's how you build the relationships. Another thing I wanted to add to what you said about the buying followers, the big thing going on right now, I think is celebrity giveaways. And they're like, they they have like fucking bad baby or whatever the hell her name is, like gives away 10 grand. It's like, go follow this profile and everyone they're following. And they're getting people to pay like $1,500 for that. But those people yeah they may be real, but they're literally only following you for a chance to win ten thousand dollars or whatever it is, right? So, as soon as that sweepstakes is over, some of them may still follow you. But like think about the quality of people that attracts, right? Like, would you ever go and follow a hundred people of some random fuckers just to like have a chance to compete against thousands of other people to win like a little bit of money, like you personally?
1: well, right. that and then after like if I don't know anything about you, right, Nothing mm-hmm. about you. I, like maybe, maybe we like you know, the same thing. Or right? I see you wearing like a hat right now. I'm like, Oh, right on. I wear that hat. Right. No, no entrepreneurship. Like I'm an accountant. You know what I mean? I love my job. I love my 401k, you know, type of thing. And then you start posting all this like uh, inspirational educational stuff. That's like, and I'm just like, yeah, no, fuck this guy, whatever. And I <laughs> follow you. Like
0: that's, that's a lot of the people right there. You know right. what I mean? Like they're not in there for what you have. Exactly. Like you just said, it's, the guys like Tony and Grant and Gary who would never do something like that. You know what I mean? Like they, they don't need that five grand to yep. get you followers. So that, that, that's huge, man. And I think it all goes back to that 10 years we were just talking about in the long-term consistency and getting off that immediate gratification, understanding that everything good takes time to get, but it's worth it. And it just takes consistency and showing up every day and putting in that work and uh, patience, man. Cause I know for myself and I'm sure you, I think you, anyone would be lying if they said they never experienced this. You get frustrated sometimes. You're like, mm-hmm. why the fuck isn't this happening faster? Like yeah. I'm doing all this shit every single day. Like why am I not making millions yet or whatever it is, but you just gotta, and, the, and then you hear stories, like I said about Andy, 60 K in 10 years. Like, and now he's, a, I mean, I don't even know what his net worth is. He's probably pushing hundred million. I mean, he, he's got yeah. multiple companies that are killing it, but it, it's the consistency and that patience for sure.
1: Yeah. And you got to look at the, like, do you want to be the next, um, I don't know. Do you want to be like Dan Locke? Right? Like, I, I think that, I don't know if I'm going to offend some people here, but, um, <laughs> I don't think Dan Locke's going to be around for another 10, 20 years. You know what I mean? Or do you want to be Coca-Cola? You know what I mean? Like, do you want to be the known brand until you die and maybe a little bit after? And if you want to be the one that's making a ton of money, cause you, you see all these people that are like, I started within the first year, within the first two years, I was making 200,000 off my course, off this, off that fucking cool. You know what I mean? Still no one knows you. Mm. Why? Because you got to buy it. That's Mm. why no one knows these people is because you got to buy it and people don't want to buy it. So the more free stuff that you put out there and the more like that you engage with people and care about people, the faster you'll spread.
0: Mm.
1: And eventually people are going to go, what do you have to sell? Cause I want it.
0: Yeah. Dude, you're you're spot on. Like the whole Arte Syndicate leading up to that, I listened to Andy's podcast for probably two and a half, three years before he got a dime out of me, mm-hmm. right? Because I mean, I have my nutrition business and we sell nutrition products, so First Form isn't something that I would use. But yeah. then I start listening to Ed, probably Ed for like a year and a half, and then I and then Arte came up, and they those guys brought so much value to me. I built like I feel like I know them at a personal level because of how much I listen to their podcast, and now they're getting four hundred bucks a month for me because of that. So that that's phenomenal advice. And people, I I think the platforms like the podcast or the YouTube channel or whatever, there's so many places where you can bring that value. And I think that's where the focus needs to be.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So we're coming up on an hour here. So we'll uh, just a couple more, more questions to pick your brain. Do you have any last pieces of wisdom or um, just advice when it comes to marketing and branding for entrepreneurs? Um, I know that's generic and vague, but yeah, no, no, no. no. Um,
1: the the best things I can say about branding is you got to make people believe what they see, right? A lot of people, this falls into like any type of business or sales or anything. People don't believe what they hear; they believe what they see. So, if you want people to believe that you're big time, you got to do what big time people do, right? Like, and that's interviews. You got to be in the news. You got to be in the media. Um, You got to drive the car that people expect you to drive. You got to have the body that people expect you to have. You got to talk the way people expect you to talk. And that's all branding is. And like, if you want to start a personal brand, if you want to start any type of brand, you have to make it believable, right? Mm. Don't make the mistake though. Like I said, don't go buy Lamborghini, right? (laughs) The biggest mistake that I can make right now, as I'm incrementally growing, is saying, I bought a Lamborghini because I could afford it. And then they're like, you haven't done media news interviews, right? Mm -hmm. You, you don't own your house, (laughs) right? You rent right now. You live in Arizona. You don't even live in like California or Miami, right? Like, (laughs) like it's not believable. So, um, I think everybody's looking for like a really quick secret for like a brand uh, for, for marketing and ads. You know what I mean? Like if you want to run an effective ad, you got to know your audience, you got to know this, you got to know that you got to put the right amount. Don't, don't spend like $10 per day, go $3. You have $3 works. Like start little things like that. There's actionable steps, Mm -hmm. right? Branding. You're going to know it. You're going to know if you did it wrong in a year, that's how you'll know.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You're going to know if you did it right in a year right? But if you want to build a strong brand and a strong presence, it falls down on everything. It falls down on the colors that you choose. It falls down on the videos you make. It falls down on the words that you say. Everything matters. Everything matters in your brand. And, um, don't cheap out. If you're, if you're making money on your business, if you have profits, what people tend to do instead of reinvesting back in the brand is I have a thousand dollars that I made. I paid everything off boom in my pocket or boom vacation, take the vacation still split it in half, 500 to your brand, 500 to your vacation. Now you're growing it. Anything that you do for your brand is actually going to make it grow. Even if it's bad. That's the funny thing is that even if it's bad, you're going to grow reputation, right? I'm not saying go, go for the bad approach. All I'm saying is that, uh, Oh, uh, last, uh, last thing. Cause I know we're coming up on there. Um, Know the, cir- the, cir- the circumstances that are around you, like right now, um, it's COVID-19, right? Mm -hmm. And mostly everybody, and I'm sure you've heard this too. Everybody is spitting out value, 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 which means that nobody's listening anymore. Whenever really like people start to say value now, they're like, okay, well this guy says it too. And this guy says it too. The important thing right now during COVID-19 is actually entertainment. You can, you can mix in education and stuff into it, but people want to be, um, they want to be distracted from all the shit that's going on.
0: Hmm.
1: Right. So Facebook um, you have the, the bombings and you have all that, you know, or we're not going to call it bombing. I'm sorry. Uh, That's not that kind of podcast, you know, where we're going to go into radical stuff, but but we had the the explosion and we have COVID-19 and we have the elections and we have people slandering each other and stuff. And you go on Facebook and that's what people are seeing. So what I usually do on Facebook is that's why I have like the whole product reviews thing that I do. You know what I mean? Because it's a really good way to say, I get it. Life sucks. Let me make you smile for a minute.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then people remember me for that. And, and it may, it may not be the best for my professional brand. Right. But that's where it goes back to like, how do you want to be seen as, and I want to be seen as a person who has a good brand, but doesn't care to, have fun with it as long as i'm giving you a an outlet for you to feel good about yourself.
0: Man, that that's all gold and i i actually want to hit on this cuz i think it's so important. Like you said, um make it like it, it might not be the best thing for your brand, but what i've realized and what's really helped me over the past year, really it was pre- like at the launch of my book cuz my book is I mean, if, you, if you've you read it, like there's swearing, there's there's funny shit in there. Like yeah. I, I don't always put myself in the best light, but I'm being real. And that might turn a lot of people off, but it's going to make the people who fuck with me fuck with me that much more. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and that's what you're looking for. And I tell people, I had this call with my team this morning. I was telling them about, like, I was at a point where I wasn't really getting much hate, but I also wasn't getting extraordinary amounts of love either because I was playing it too safe. I was like, you need to step into, I think, that version where you're going to offend a lot of people or people might not like what you have to say and don't offend in like a a bad way. You know what I mean? But like they might not like how drastic your stance is on entrepreneurship or how drastic your stance is on how people shouldn't be working in nine to five. They might not like that you swear. They might not like that you're doing funny shit and fucking around and not taking yourself too seriously, but that's going to make your current following that much more loyal to you. And I think Mm -hmm. that's so damn important. And I was telling the people on my team, I was like, if you guys aren't getting Hate and you're not getting people who are displeased with what you're doing. You're not doing a good enough job. That means that not enough people are paying attention. Do yeah. you agree with that?
1: No. Yeah. I um I had somebody on my show uh a, a few months ago, like probably beginning of the year, and um he, we were talking about confidence, right? And I said like I went from like like um feeling good about myself to confident, but I never want to be arrogant mm-hmm. or I never want to be cocky. And he goes. I don't give a shit about being cocky. I'll be cocky all day. I don't want to be arrogant, right? And he's like, he's like, I want to have a strut in my step. But if I got shit on my shoe, I got to clean it, you know? <laughs> so, so it's like, yeah, like, you, you got to be confident in who you are. You just never want to cross that line and just, you know, not not accept like things that you got to change if you got to change them. So
0: 100% yeah, and there, there there's definitely a difference too. And like you were talking about the cars and all that stuff. And like, I definitely got sucked up into that for a while. Like when I first Mm -hmm. started making money with my business, like thinking, like I'm wearing designer clothes during college and getting penthouses and thinking I'm the shit. Right. And like it, it, there's a difference between that level of just being arrogant really. And, um, being yourself. Cause that wasn't even being myself. That was just covering up insecurities from, you know, not having money growing up and wanting to prove to people I was successful. Uh, But there's a fine line and, um i i would say like never get too wrapped up like at this point i like buy the thing you'll probably see me wearing the most of the 10 dollars v-neck black v-neck from h&m cuz i'm like i don't i think that's such a trap and what instagram does is get people thinking that all that material shit matters so much and like end of the day for me what i found all my fulfillment comes from experiences and genuinely helping people and like the shit's cool like and i'll i'll probably have a nice car too but like that's not like what it, my purpose is or like what really fulfills me you know what i mean
1: yeah see i i was i had a uh, problem with that too until i actually read a, a book on uh it was russell brunson right um but he actually said that like sometimes you have to have the nice card it's just required of you mm-hmm. and you're actually doing your followers a disservice by not having it and mm-hmm. i was like that makes no sense because like why would people require something of you if like that's your following and it's like because if you're if you're claiming to be able to change people's lives into like the lives that they want to live like a millionaire but you don't live the life of a millionaire then there's no fucking point to following you they should follow the
0: guy that that lives like a millionaire it's a good point you know what I mean? so well i don't I, know well, i was just gonna say the difference between someone like russell brunson is he's got it and there's just too many people like like you were saying before you have to have it like you yeah, can't exactly. be, like, faking it
1: you can't fake it
0: yeah so that, that's a good point though. There, there's always a two sides to everything, like yeah. pros and cons. Um, all right. So a question I love to ask everyone that gets on the show is cause like my book and everything I preach is how most important things I've learned to become successful come from outside of traditional school. So what would you say is the number one most important thing that's helped you succeed that you didn't learn in school?
1: Books, reading books. I, I do Audible. Like I I can't I like your book. I bought it, but it was it, it was hard, man. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It was it's I, and it's not you. Like I had a few other people that, that released books and I'm just like you guys, like y'all need to get some audible. But no, I, I like reading <laughs> books. I, I don't like reading books. I have to read books. Let's put it that way. I like the insightful moments, but that's gonna be the biggest, uh, cheapest one. However, the best thing that moved me forward was when I got a coach. And, um, I didn't need him for more than like a month and a half, but I was limiting myself. And I I think that a lot of people, they might need a coach long term if you haven't done the investment in yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but if, if you don't have a coach, the thing that you're missing that you won't get in books is the actual moments. Right? So like I may have a problem with like confidence and marketing, right? and i'm like reading books and i'm waiting for the moment whereas when you have a coach you're like hey man blah blah, blah. like for me i was uh, going to go meet tim grover i'm sorry to cut this wrong but this is just the last story no, you're I good you. bro you're good um, i was going to go uh i wanted to meet tim grover and he posted this thing that he's going to be in orange county for a lunch right so i had a coach at the time and i tell him hey man he's going to be here for lunch. And, and like, he said to send a thing and I did. And he goes, cool, man. Cool. This is what I can't get from a book. He said, cool. Do you want to call him? And I'm like, dude, do you have his number? And he goes, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I might have his number in here. And he had like, like three numbers. And he tells me like, do you want to call him right now with me on it? And I was like, no, not really. So like I paused, he tells me like, okay, well, you know what, just call him, call him after our call, but promise me you're going to call him. And I was like, all right, for sure. So I I, I didn't have the, the confidence that I have now. And, and I was just like thinking like, oh my God, like this is a big time dude. Like I almost, I'm kind of like a celebrity and I'm going to call his house and I'm going to call these three numbers and like, what if somebody answers, but I fucking did it. You know what I mean? Like I, I ended up calling the three numbers. Nobody answered, right? Nobody answered the phones and I was extremely grateful. I didn't, I'm not going to leave a freaking voicemail for this guy. You know what I mean? Um, and, but, but he had that, he had access for one, he had access to that information which a book can do for me you know and then for two he was like do it and and it was more like that thing where I knew I had eyes on me finally I knew that, that there was somebody who who believed that I could do it right that a lot of times like you're there and you're just like the book gives you an idea but then you still need that kind of like that push that you're just like is this a good idea or not so books books definitely can help you if you're looking for like low entry points books give you the ideas now when you need execution the best thing that i ever did was i hired that coach
0: that's great advice bro because I, I actually did an episode with my boy Liam James Collins he owns this business called the coaching masters they pretty much train people to become coaches but also tell them teach them how to be a coach like create their own coaching business and Liam just broke down to me why every single person should have a coach and, and his main point was because you have blind spots of yourself that you can't see and you need someone else to point out for you. And like you said, you were probably further along than most people were. Right. But still like there's a few things that you need someone else to call you out on or spot out to help you improve. So great advice, man. Um, We'll wrap it up here. So Ruben, where can people connect with you? Where are you most active? Where can they learn more about your business and everything that you're doing?
1: I mean, I'm most active on Instagram. Um, Facebook as well too, but Instagram is just easier because it's an easier platform. So my, my handle is, uh, I am Ruben Alvarez, just like my name, R-U-B-E-N Alvarez. And then my website, which is really awesome. Cause I got this freaking domain for 12.99 and I thought it was going to cost me like three grand down the line. It's RubenAlvarez.com. Hey, love that. A <laughs>
0: 1299
1: or $12.99? No, $12.99. Cause I went on there and it was on auction and I was like, I couldn't fucking believe it. But yeah, Ruben Alvarez com.
0: Awesome. I'll put that stuff down in the show notes, but um, thank you, man. I mean, this was a great conversation. Tons of value. You guys, if you got value out of this, I know that, I mean, I did. This was a great opportunity for me even to just kind of pick your brain. I learned a ton. And if you're listening to this, you got value. Just pay it forward. All we ask is just share the episode. Share it with someone who needs to hear this message. You can get some value from it. And uh, otherwise, guys, thank you for listening. And we will see you on the next episode. Later. Thanks, man.